Hello, welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. I'm Andrew Nickel. And today on the show, we're talking about the developer's playbook. How much money can you make as a developer? And we're going to take you through some real numbers. Now, over the weekend, we have just had an open day or what we've called the Opus Property Day. And that's where we went through some real properties and showed you how to be a property investor, at least the practical side of it. And the interesting thing was this was actually one of Andrew's developments. And there were a lot of questions from people about, okay, well, if you build a couple of units, a couple of townhouses, what do the numbers look like? How much can you make off it? So Andrew is going to take us through the budget for those properties so you can see, well, what actually goes into a developer's budget. So if you're interested in the strategy, you've got an idea about how to approach it. Now, just before we go into the number side and share the spreadsheet, Andrew, talk us through the development. Where was it? How many units? Those kinds of things. Cool. So this was in Sprayden, one of our hotspots in Christchurch. So it's 10 minutes from town. And we applied for six units to go on the site when we were going to do it. There were going to be five with two bedrooms, two bathrooms and garages and one at the back, which just had a car park, no garage. And when we bought this site, it was a couple of years ago, and we weren't exactly sure what we are going to be able to push across the line. We actually managed to get it signed off with all six units, which really made it much more feasible. There were a lot of things that I would do differently than with this project. And what we're going to do, I'm going to take you through the budget today, what we expected to make, and then I'm going to get Tim, one of my business partners in that project, to come and talk to us when we back cost it and look at how little money we actually made. Okay, so let's dive into the budget because people will want to know what actually goes into it. So for everybody on the podcast, we of course will explain this if you're listening to it on your podcast app, though we are also going to go through it on YouTube. So if you want to see the numbers as well and what it all looks like, you can find it on the Opus Partners YouTube channel. So this is a spreadsheet that I just made to kind of work out the feasibility of a project. And I put together the proposed six units, but then I minused one just because we didn't know whether or not we were going to get this through council. Now, some of the numbers are the same no matter how many units you put on there, such as the purchase price of the land and the legal acquisition costs, demolition of the house, the architecture. But then some of it changes per unit. So engineering cost, consent per unit, and uh, subdivision, developer's contribution, all of these things vary depending on the number of units that you're going to have. But what you're saying is if somebody at home was going to run the numbers on a development, you should probably run two scenarios. One with your ideal case, in this example it's building six units, and then one with a bit more of a conservative case building five units in this example. Yes, correct. And one of the things I think to remember if you are looking at this is we looked at this and said, okay, we want our cost of our land to be roughly $100,000 per site. Now we thought, well, $630,000 for the land, that'll work out to be roughly $100,000 per site. Once you added in all the extras, the actual cost of the land worked out to be 918000 if we had the six units. So the cost per site was more like $150,000. Okay, so you paid six hundred and thirty grand for this site out in Sprayden. But there are a lot of costs in here that I think a lot of first-time developers wouldn't put into their spreadsheets. So things like demolition and what else have we got in yeah, here? Yeah, so the demolition was about $30,000 to remove the current dwelling, which was a house that was on there already. The architecture fees were about $50,000. You've got geotech, so we've got to check the land and then design the new units to be suitable based on the land type. So that was about $7,000. 
surveying, so someone to come out and map out what the new site would look like for the individual six titles. That was about $2,000. You've got engineering costs in there. What, are, what does an engineer do in a development? So they're designing the actual plans with the architect to make sure that we've got an appropriate fit for earthquakes, for example. So because it's in Canterbury, we want to make sure that we're building to an appropriate standard if there was another earthquake. Again, might be the same for floods and things like that, making sure that, okay, if you put a bedroom above a garage, we didn't but say you did, is the garage then going to be strong enough to be able to withstand that extra building being on there? And developers' contribution is another one that I think first-timers would often forget about. What is that? So that's $24,000 you have to pay to the council for every additional unit you're putting on that site. So in this particular example, for the six units, we have to pay that five times. The reason we pay it five times is because there was already a dwelling on there. So it's basically a tax for putting a new property on your site. So we had to pay 24,000 times five, allowing for the fact that there was already a dwelling on there, which we removed. Okay, so you thought it was going to be roughly about 100k per unit. It ended up being 150, well, in your budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your budget, it ended up being 150k per unit. When we, when we started and negotiated the land, we thought, oh, we can do six units there, 600,000, that's about right. Then when we really got into the nitty gritty in due diligence, now we, we only confirmed knowing that it was going to cost us 150 at three a site, but already that was kind of number one. We realised, well, we're 50% over what we wanted to be just on the land. And this happens all of the time in property investment. You run a quick spreadsheet or back of a napkin you usually yeah, use. That was at exactly a, what it was. At a restaurant. And then you think, oh, we're going to make all of this money. Then you realise there are these extra costs. Now, that was just the land. Well, you've got some funding costs here. How much money do you have to put into a development? in order to make it work. Okay, so what we'd agreed is that we were going to put $630,000 cash in and that we'd pay out a return on that. So we worked on a 10% return for that money that was invested in and we assumed that we were going to hold that land for a mere 12 months. Okay, so just to make this really clear, so you've got 630 k worth of investment and I think you guys put that money in but it's good practice to say what happens if we borrowed it from an investor. So you've got 630 k of cash, put it in. Now, you said that it would cost you $63,000 if you paid a 10% return yep. over a 12-month period. How long did you end up holding that land for? So I think the whole project, and we're just waiting on titles at the moment, it's closer to 18 months, two years. It's been a much longer, slower process than I would have liked. Now, so if, rather if, than sixty-three k, what would that be? 126. Closer to $126,000. Now, I know that that would make up over 10% of the profit you expected to yes. make gone in just that. funding costs alone. No, just the funding costs, just, just the investment in the land. So if somebody was to want to do a development like this, put six townhouses on, how much money would they have to put in in order to be able to do this? So realistically, the minimum that you'd need would be to buy out that land with no debt on it, so $630,000. The more ideal is probably the total cost of the land. So in this case, it was nine hundred eighteen. So anywhere between 600000 and a million bucks. Okay, and you need that in cash. Cash. That's not borrowed against the property because you're going to need to use that as security for the development funding. And I know that a lot of people listening to the show are going to think, okay, I don't have a million bucks or $600,000 in cash. Could you use usable equity? Yep. On my spreadsheet, I've allowed for the outside investment to purchase the land. You could take that from other properties and put it in there. 
just bear in mind, you need to be able to service that. So in this case, there were three investors in this, myself, Ollie, and Tim. And so we could put in varied amounts if we wanted to and just pay out a 10% return. So this is a nice, tidy way of doing it. If I've got 200,000, Ollie's got 200,000, and Tim's got 230,000, for example. Okay, so that's the funding cost. Then we've also got the building cost. There's that's lots of costs no, to worry about. this is just the funding about. cost of the land. We're still getting on to the development Well, let's funding. get into the building cost next. Okay. So building cost, we said average size per unit, 90 square metres, when we were just doing the feasibility. We said the cost per square metre of the actual build, we said $3,200, all inclusive. Now, that was wrong. What was I'm, it closer to? Uh, closer to four grand. I'll come back to that. And so all-inclusive, you might be thinking this is on the thick end of the cost. Yes, it is, but we're allowing for everything. We're allowing for the driveway. We're allowing for the landscaping. We're allowing for any appliances. We bundle it all together to make it nice and easy and just have a fixed-price contract with our builder. Now, you've allowed here 10% costs for overruns. Is that too low? Well, yes in our case, but that's probably from a, d a number of different reasons. And again, we'll get Tim on the show once he's finished back-costing this, and we'll actually compare this to what we actually paid. But I don't think that's unreasonable. The bank or the funder for your development finance is going to want you to have a 10% allowance for overruns. In another project that we did, Limit Ave, we had virtually no overruns. So the interesting thing here is that we've said, okay, the cost to just get the land in a position where you can build after you subdivide it, demolish the house that's already there, you've called that just over 900k in this budget, but the total cost to build is $1.9 million. So the cost to build something is a massive part of it. Now, what's interesting is we've just recorded a podcast that suggested that the total cost to build something was going to be about a third of the cost of the total development, but here it's two-thirds of the cost. Do you have any comment on that? It might be the way that I've put it all together. So because I've had an all-inclusive rate here, really maybe the cost of construction might, on its bare bones, be $2,500, and yeah, that would make some of an impact, but... I suppose the other thing is I haven't included in that is funding costs, but I yeah. know there are some eagle-eared and eagle-eyed listeners who had picked that up, so it's worth asking about. You've also got the funding costs here. Talk right. to us about the amount of money you've got to spend just to borrow the money to build the thing. Okay, so now we're talking about the development costs. Now, we put bank funding for the project here, which was the shortfall between the 630 we were putting in and the actual cost to complete the subdivision of the land, so... 288000 plus the $1.9 million allowance for build. So $2.2 million essentially to, to complete the project. We put in a loan application fee or a line fee of 1.5%. Now, in this instance, it was actually more than that because we used a broker to put together the deal. So even before the bank lends you the money, you've got to pay them, in this case, $33,000, call it, just to put your application into the bank? Yeah, correct. And then you've got... Um, what happens if they say no? Oh, no, 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 no. You, you, you often pay a deposit on that. might be $1,000 for them to look at it. And then they'll actually charge you an application fee as part... It's a line fee, so it, you pay that at, when you draw down the money. Yeah, yeah. It's a successful application yeah, fee. correct. Okay. Now, this is maybe one of our biggest mistakes. Number of months for the build, we said nine months. Yeah. How long did it actually take? I think that was closer to 18 months, uh, somewhere between 12 and 18 months. Tim, again, will give us the exact dates. This was what, something that changed quite drastically. Interest rate on build lending, 5.5%, which I think at the time 
was 2.5% above mainstream interest rate. Yeah. We all know what interest rates did over that time. What do you end up paying? Oh, I think on average about 11. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And so wait a second. Let's do this then. So nine well, months no, let's to show, build. Let's show the number here and then let's come back and change okay, some of okay. those things that we know. Okay. okay. Well, I want to come back soon and change that once we see what the total profit on the development was expected to be and then we'll change yep. that. So again, like the model that we discussed, I think in a recent episode, we assumed that the facility was drawn down at 65% for the entire nine months, which is just a good ballpark figure. So the cost of those funds was about $91,000. Now, just so everybody understands what that means for any new listeners of the show, as you're building a project, you're going to take more and more money out of the bank. And so slowly, the amount that you've taken out is going to go up. So your interest costs are going to vary from month to month and increase. But if you say, look, we're going to need 65% of the build costs over nine months, that's just a good way to estimate it. Now, you've also got the cost of sales here. What's yep. this? So we put a sales fee for every unit that we sold. So paying for a real estate agent to sell it. In our case, it was it was Opus Partners that did. And we've allowed for project management per unit. So we've actually got, in this case, it was Tim's wife. We were allowing for going and just checking in on the units every week, making sure that she met with the project manager, finding out that, yep, there's an issue here that we need to change something in the design or whatever. That seems low to me. Oh, this horrifically <laughs> Tim low. has increased this drastically now. And then we've got the cost to sell the unit from a legal perspective. So allowing for our lawyer to put together all the titles and then provide all the documentation to the purchasers. Oh, then we said, okay, average sale cost per unit. We took a stab in the dark and said 635. I think this was before the market took off a little bit, which was lucky for us. Total sales, and then you've got to factor in your GST. So you have to take the GST off your sales price. So we're selling to a normal mum and dad. GST is included in their purchase price, and we have to pay half a million dollars in GST straight to the IRD. Then we have our total cost, and of course we get to make a GST claim, and then the profit. So in a perfect world, in the spreadsheet world, we thought if we'd managed to do the six units, we're going to make $550,000 or a 15% margin. If we were only able to do the five units, that would drop it to $416,000, i.e. a 13% margin. So first of all, let's increase those interest costs to, let's call it 10% rather than the 11 you'd suggested, and say it took you 14 months to build that. That also means you're going to need more interest on the land. So rather than holding it for 12 months, what should we increase it to? About 14 months? Uh, 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 we've put the land at 18 months because I think that was about realistic. And remember, that was an expensive interest rate. And then let's also increase the cost to build to, say, 3500 rather than 3200 Here's another thing that we had to change. So the average size per unit, it was about 90 but we were working on internals and the internal measurements, but actually you've got to account for externals because you're building the externals as well. So that might have been more like 95 but I'm just going to leave that there because there was a smaller unit as well. The loan application fee was more like 2% as well. Okay, so what does that push the profit down to? So we thought it was going to be half a million dollars, and it's less than half of it. So, so we're down at 230K, which is a 6% margin. So you're talking about 
less than $40,000 per unit, where you expected it to be closer to that $80,000 mark. Now, I think there were still some other costs in there. But again, until you go through and you back cost everything because there were some variances in the contract and some extra design work that our architect needed to do, I'd be surprised if I made a dollar a unit on that. But I'll be able to tell you in a wee while, all of a sudden that half a million dollars that you were really excited to make has been cut more than in half. So a couple of the main things to take away from this. This episode should give you a really good understanding, if you're interested in doing a development, what to actually put in your spreadsheet. And there may be some things that you're a bit surprised about, things like those council contributions, effectively council taxes, things like demolishing the unit, getting an engineer in, and also if you're building in Christchurch, and I think probably elsewhere as well, getting an assessment of the land to make sure you're protected from future earthquakes. Maybe even things like GST, you might not have realised there was half a million dollars going to the IRD on top of the tax you would pay on your profit as well. So that's going to give you a really good understanding. The second thing this should show you as well is that when you run your budgets, often we create quite rosy scenarios. And we don't mean to, but we just forget about other costs or sometimes we underestimate them. Anybody who's looked at an episode of Grand Designs knows this. <laughs> but hopefully this will, and actually you should watch the episode with Tim, yeah. Andrew's business partner, because he was on Grand Designs <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> and he did just as good a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad. Uh, poor Tim. Luckily he's recovered from that now. But this will give you a good sense of how to put this all together. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you're listening to this on your podcast device and want to take a look at the spreadsheet, just Google Opus Partners YouTube. It'll be the first thing that comes up, and you'll be able to see the video version of this. listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. I'm Andrew Nichols. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.